Welcome to Piano Rhapsody, an amateur's guide to classical piano. This is a podcast where you follow my musical journey as an amateur piano player, aiming to play advanced level pieces one day, specifically Gershwin's Rhapsody in Blue, which is where the podcast gets its name. But seeing that I do not have hours to devote to daily practice, this goal will likely take some time. So until we reach that day, every week we break down one of the pieces that I encounter along the road. And it could range anywhere from the Baroque period all the way up to modern day. We'll explore the history surrounding the work and examine the music within. And hopefully we all walk away a little more informed and appreciative of classical music. Then we can build on this foundation so we can all tackle more difficult works in the future. This is episode 12.1, a fresh start on a brand new series that is a return to a more conventional topic for the podcast. A work by composer Edvard Grieg titled Lyric Pieces. The lyric pieces are a set of 66 solo piano works that are split up into 10 volumes, with each volume containing 6 to 8 pieces. For this series, we're going to look at the 8 pieces that make up volume number 1. And we'll tackle two of them a week, so that will make this a four-week series. Now, while the ten volumes of lyric pieces aren't exactly progressive in difficulty by any means, the very first volume is consistently easier than the rest of them, so that's going to make this a good starting point. The first volume of lyric pieces was published in 1867, and the final volume was published in 1901. So this body of work falls squarely within the Romantic period, and spans a pretty major portion of Grieg's own personal life. The first complete recording of all 66 lyric pieces was not recorded until the 1950s by a Russian pianist named Alexander Goldenweiser. And I realize that learning 66 pieces is a tall order, but I'm surprised it took 50 years for this to happen. Before this complete recording, there have of course been partial recordings of the lyric pieces, including surviving recordings by Grieg himself. And speaking of Grieg, he is widely considered the most important Norwegian composer of the Romantic period. And if you recall, one of the facets of the Romantic period was that composers drew upon folk songs from their homeland, and Grieg does this to great effect. We'll discuss this a bit more as the series continues, but one of Grieg's lasting musical legacies is how he contributed to the preservation of Norwegian folk music. He was born in 1843 to a father who was a merchant and a mother who was a pianist, who started giving him piano lessons at around six years old. Later in life, Grieg ended up studying piano at the prestigious Leipzig Conservatory but he seemed pretty jaded about his whole experience, saying, quote, I left Leipzig Conservatory just as stupid as I entered it. Naturally, I did learn something there, but my individuality was still a closed book to me. Grieg also suffered a dismal health history like another keynote romantic composer, our old friend Chopin. Similar to Chopin, Grieg shared lifelong lung illnesses of tuberculosis and pleurisy. He spent his career suffering from multiple respiratory infections and took many trips to the spas. But fortunately for Grieg, unlike Chopin, 
He lived a fairly long life despite his illness, dying at the age of 64 from heart failure, which wasn't a bad lifespan for that time. Throughout his compositional career, Grieg's solo piano output included a popular piano concerto and several other smaller works, but his most well-known contribution to the piano is his collection of lyric pieces. So let's jump right into our exploration of the first volume, also called Opus Number 12, a collection that Grieg composed in his mid-twenties. The opening entry from the first volume of lyric pieces is a piece called Arietta, which is an Italian word for little aria. An aria is a term from opera, describing a lyrical solo piece with a song-like melody like one of the most famous arias in musical history, Nessun Dorma. Grieg liked the melody from Arietta so much that he repurposed it as a waltz, aptly called Remembrances, and stuck that at the end of the lyric pieces to complete the cycle. So if you ever sit down and listen to all 66 lyric pieces one day, which would clock you in at around three and a half straight hours of Greek goodness. That's not just deja vu you're experiencing at the end. It was intentionally composed to be somewhat of a cycle of Grieg's life. But for now, let's jump back to the beginning. The whole first volume is full of appropriate pieces for an intermediate piano player, but Arietta specifically is a perfect lesson in voicing. As we know, a piano is a complex musical instrument because multiple lines can be played at one time. I mean, we have two hands and ten fingers. The technical bar can be raised astoundingly high, especially when you're reading music by list. This is a bit unique compared to other instruments that can only play one note and one line at a time. So because of this capability of the piano, Piano players are tasked with the concept of balancing multiple voices at one time. And this is what we call voicing. So let's use this piece as an example to break down this concept. Arietta is made up of three different voices. First, a soprano or melody line. Second, a bass line. And third, a middle voice. So let's start with the top. The melody line is our operatic voice. It's the melody that begs to be sung. It's a sweet and simple melody. Next, we're going to add the bass line. The bass line provides warmth and grounding to the piece. It's not very flashy or even that interesting, to be honest, but it holds the piece firmly with strong harmonic holds and a bit of a walking line. 
And lastly, we have the inner voice, which ties everything together and gives the piece momentum and life. The inner voice is a series of harmonic arpeggios, or broken chords, which flow upwards with each beat. Now, the main challenge with this piece is to tone down the inner voice so it doesn't overpower the melody. It's natural for piano players to assume that the more notes that a section has, the louder it should be played, but that's not the case here. The goal is to find a balance within three voices so that the melody comes out without being drowned out by the middle and bass voices. So let's put all three of these voices together and see what we get. And that's really the core of the piece, the blending of these three voices. The melody basically repeats for a second time, but it ends up altering the harmony a bit to provide closure at the end. It's a charming opener to volume one of the lyric pieces. This is Arietta, number one from Opus 12 by Edvard Grieg. The second piece in the first volume of Lyric Pieces bears the simple title, Waltz. 
and is actually the piece that introduced me to Grieg's music. Way back in the day, before we had streaming, my dad had a variety CD of a bunch of classical piano music. And this waltz was on there, and I'm pretty sure Arietta was on there as well. But my dad really took a liking to this little waltz, and he bought me the piano music for Christmas one year. In a book that I still have, and 20 years down the road, am making a podcast about to share with all of you. It's the gift that keeps on giving. But this piece is pretty interesting, because if I'm not mistaken, I think it's the first one we've encountered on this podcast that is built on the foundation of parallel major and minor keys. Up until this point, we've seen plenty of examples of relative minor, especially in Bach's Inventions and Beethoven's Sonatas. But since this is such a great example of parallel major and minor, I thought we could laser our focus on the different sounds of major and minor keys. So the pieces of waltz, and we're familiar with those by now, we have a triple meter in 3-4 time, so we have a 1-2-3 beat. And we also have that standard waltz um pa pa accompaniment of the left hand. But the interesting part about this waltz is its structure and how it alternates between minor and major keys. And not just any minor and major keys, they are the parallel minor and major keys of A. So to get a taste of the soundscape, let's listen to an A major arpeggio. And let's compare that to the darker parallel key of A minor. Okay, let's do this one more time. A major. versus A minor. All right, try to keep that in your head while we discuss this piece. So the waltz is written in an ABA ternary form, and part A opens the waltz in A minor. Classic minor sound, a melodic minor to be specific, but that's for another day. Then the waltz moves on to its B section, where it simply swaps its A minor key for its parallel major, A major. Then, after the brief, happier sounding B section, the waltz returns to an exact copy of the A section in A minor. Now you're probably thinking we're done here since we completed that ABA form, but just like a late night infomercial host, Grieg says, but wait, there's more. He attaches a coda to the end of this piece, where he briefly revisits that A major key.
But instead of ending the waltz on this happy-sounding major key, Grieg slips in one last minor chord at the end as a gotcha. So let's listen to this parallel minor and major switching waltz. This is Waltz, number two, opus 12, from Edvard Grieg's lyric pieces. Alright, that'll do it for today. Check in next week and we'll tackle another two selections from the first volume of Grieg's lyric pieces. And please excuse the airplane flying over the house. You can find the standalone recording of the pieces we discussed today directly in your podcast feed. Check out Piano Rhapsody on SoundCloud for all of the tracks from this podcast and more. You can find me on Twitter at Piano Rhapsody or email me at pianorhapsodypodcast at gmail.com. If you haven't already, please hit the subscribe button on your podcatcher and consider rating and reviewing. It's the best way to never miss a new episode, and it really helps the podcast gain more visibility. Thank you, as always, for your time and your ears. See you next time.